Chapter Thirteenth of *The Heart of Midlothian* by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Dark and eerie was the night, and lonely was the way, as Janet with her green mantle to Miles Cross she did go. Old Ballad leaving butler to all the uncomfortable thoughts attached to his new situation among which the most predominant was his feeling that he was by his confinement deprived of all possibility of assisting the family at st leonard's in their greatest need we return to jeanie deans who had seen him depart without an opportunity of farther explanation in all that agony of mind with which the female heart bids adieu to the complicated sensations so well described by coleridge hopes and fears that kindle hope an undistinguishable throng and gentle wishes long subdued subdued and cherished long it is not the firmest heart and jeanie under her russet rockley had one that would not have disgraced cato's daughter that can most easily bid adieu to these soft and mingled emotions she wept for a few minutes bitterly and without attempting to refrain from this indulgence of passion but a moment's recollection induced her to check herself for a grief selfish and proper to her own affections while her father and sister were plunged into such deep and irretrievable affliction she drew from her pocket the letter which had been that morning flung into her apartment through an open window and the contents of which were as singular as the expression was violent and energetic if she would save a human being from the most damning guilt and all its desperate consequences if she desired the life and honour of her sister to be saved from the bloody fangs of an unjust law if she desired not to forfeit peace of mind here and happiness hereafter such was the frantic style of the conjuration she was entreated to give a sure secret and solitary meeting to the writer she alone could rescue him so ran the letter and he only could rescue her he was in such circumstances the billet farther informed her that an attempt to bring any witness of their conference or even to mention to her father or any other person whatsoever the letter which requested it would inevitably prevent its taking place and ensure the destruction of her sister the letter concluded with incoherent but violent protestations that in obeying this summons she had nothing to fear personally 
the message delivered to her by butler from the stranger in the park tallied exactly with the contents of the letter but assigned a later hour and a different place of meeting apparently the writer of the letter had been compelled to let butler so far into his confidence for the sake of announcing this change to jeanie she was more than once on the point of producing the billet in vindication of herself from her lover's half-hinted suspicions but there is something in stooping to justification which the pride of innocence does not at all times willingly submit to besides that the threats contained in the letter in case of her betraying the secret hung heavy on her heart it is probable however that had they remained longer together she might have taken the resolution to submit the whole matter to butler and be guided by him as to the line of conduct which she should adopt and when by the sudden interruption of their conference she lost the opportunity of doing so she felt as if she had been unjust to a friend whose advice might have been highly useful and whose attachment deserved her full and unreserved confidence to have recourse to her father upon this occasion she considered as highly imprudent there was no possibility of conjecturing in what light the matter might strike old david whose manner of acting and thinking in extraordinary circumstances depended upon feelings and principles peculiar to himself the operation of which could not be calculated upon even by those best acquainted with him to have requested some female friend to have accompanied her to the place of rendezvous would perhaps have been the most eligible expedient but the threats of the writer that betraying his secret would prevent their meeting on which her sister's safety was said to depend from taking place at all would have deterred her from making such a confidence even had she known a person in whom she thought it could with safety have been reposed but she knew none such their acquaintance with the cottagers in the vicinity had been very slight and limited to trifling acts of good neighbourhood jeanie knew little of them and what she knew did not greatly incline her to trust any of them they were in the order of loquacious good-humoured gossips usually found in their situation of life and their conversation had at all times few charms for a young woman to whom nature and the circumstance of a solitary life had given a depth of thought and force of character superior to the frivolous part of her sex whether in high or low degree left alone and separated from all earthly counsel she had recourse to a friend and adviser whose ear is open to the cry of the poorest and most afflicted of his people she knelt and prayed with fervent sincerity that god would please to direct her what course to follow in her arduous and distressing situation 
it was the belief of the time and sect to which she belonged that special answers to prayer differing little in their character from divine inspiration were as they expressed it borne in upon their minds in answer to their earnest petitions in a crisis of difficulty without entering into an obtruse point of divinity one thing is plain namely that the person who lays open his doubts and distresses in prayer with feeling and sincerity must necessarily in the act of doing so purify his mind from the dross of worldly passions and interests and bring it into that state when the resolutions adopted are likely to be selected rather from a sense of duty than from any inferior motive Jeanie arose from her devotions with her heart fortified to endure affliction and encouraged to face difficulties i will meet this unhappy man she said to herself unhappy he must be since i doubt he has been the cause of poor effie's misfortune but i will meet him be it for good or ill my mind shall never cast up to me that for fear of what might be said or done to myself i left that undone that might even yet be the rescue of her with a mind greatly composed since the adoption of this resolution she went to attend her father the old man firm in the principles of his youth did not in outward appearance at least permit a thought of his family distress to interfere with the stoical reserve of his countenance and manners he even chid his daughter for having neglected in the distress of the morning some trifling domestic duties which fell under her department why what meaneth this genie said the old man the brown four-year-old's milk is not sealed yet nor the bowies put up on the bink if ye neglect your worldly duties in the day of affliction what confidence have i that ye mind the greater matters that concern salvation god knows our bowies and our pipkins and our drops of milk and our bits of bread are nearer and dearer to us than the bread of life Jeanie, not unpleased to hear her father's thoughts thus expand themselves beyond the sphere of his immediate distress obeyed him and proceeded to put her household matters in order while old david moved from place to place about his ordinary employments scarce showing unless by a nervous impatience at remaining long stationary an occasional convulsive sigh or twinkle of the eyelid that he was labouring under the yoke of such bitter affliction the hour of noon came on and the father and child sat down to their homely repast in his petition for a blessing on the meal the poor old man added to his supplication a prayer that the bread eaten in sadness of heart and the bitter waters of mara might be made as nourishing as those which had been poured forth from a full cup and a plentiful basket and store 
and having concluded his benediction and resumed the bonnet which he had laid reverently aside he proceeded to exhort his daughter to eat not by example indeed but at least by precept the man after god's own heart he said washed and anointed himself and did eat bread in order to express his submission under a dispensation of suffering and it did not become a christian man or woman so to cling to creature comforts of wife or bairns here the words became too great as it were for his utterance as to forget the first duty submission to the divine will to add force to his precept he took a morsel on his plate but nature proved too strong even for the powerful feelings with which he endeavoured to bridle it ashamed of his weakness he started up and ran out of the house with haste very unlike the deliberation of his usual movements in less than five minutes he returned having successfully struggled to recover his ordinary composure of mind and countenance and affected to colour over his late retreat by muttering that he thought he heard the young stag loose in the byre he did not again trust himself with the subject of his former conversation and his daughter was glad to see that he seemed to avoid farther discourse on that agitating topic the hours glided on as on they must and do pass whether winged with joy or laden with affliction the sun set beyond the dusky eminence of the castle and the screen of western hills and the close of evening summoned david deans and his daughter to the family duty of the night it came bitterly upon jeanie's recollection how often when the hour of worship approached she used to watch the lengthening shadows and look out from the door of the house to see if she could spy her sister's return homeward alas this idle and thoughtless waste of time to what evils had it not finally led and was she altogether guiltless who noticing effie's turn to idle and light society had not called in her father's authority to restrain her but i acted for the best she again reflected and who could have expected such a growth of evil from one grain of human leaven in a disposition so kind and candid and generous as they sat down to the exercise as it is called a chair happened accidentally to stand in the place which effie usually occupied david deans saw his daughter's eyes swim in tears as they were directed towards this object and pushed it aside with a gesture of some impatience as if desirous to destroy every memorial of earthly interest when about to address the deity the portion of scripture was read the psalm was sung the prayer was made and it was remarkable that in discharging these duties the old man avoided all passages and expressions of which scripture affords so many that might be considered as applicable to his own 
domestic misfortune in doing so it was perhaps his intention to spare the feelings of his daughter as well as to maintain in outward show at least that stoical appearance of patient endurance of all the evil which earth could bring which was in his opinion essential to the character of one who rated all earthly things at their just estimate of nothingness when he had finished the duty of the evening he came up to his daughter wished her good-night and having done so continued to hold her by the hands for half a minute then drawing her towards him kissed her forehead and ejaculated the god of israel bless you even with the blessings of the promise my dear bairn it was not either in the nature or habits of david deans to seem a fond father nor was he often observed to experience or at least to evince that fullness of heart which seeks to expand itself in tender expressions or caresses even to those who were dearest to him on the contrary he used to censure this as a degree of weakness in several of his neighbours and particularly in poor widow butler it followed however from the rarity of such emotions in this self-denied and reserved man that his children attached to occasional marks of his affection and approbation a degree of high interest and solemnity well considering them as evidences of feelings which were only expressed when they became too intense for suppression or concealment with deep emotion therefore did he bestow and his daughter receive this benediction and paternal caress and you my dear father exclaimed jeanie when the door had closed upon the venerable old man may you have purchased and promised blessings multiplied upon you upon you who walk in this world as though you were not of the world and hold all that it can give or take away but as the midges that the sun-blink brings out and the evening wind sweeps away she now made preparation for her night walk her father slept in another part of the dwelling and regular in all his habits seldom or never left his apartment when he had betaken himself to it for the evening it was therefore easy for her to leave the house unobserved so soon as the time approached at which she was to keep her appointment but the step she was about to take had difficulties and terrors in her own eyes though she had no reason to apprehend her father's interference her life had been spent in the quiet uniform and regular seclusion of their peaceful and monotonous household the very hour which some damsels of the present day as well of her own as of higher degree would consider as the natural period of commencing an evening of pleasure brought in her opinion awe and solemnity in it and the resolution she had taken had a strange 
daring and adventurous character to which she could hardly reconcile herself when the moment approached for putting it into execution her hands trembled as she snooted her fair hair beneath the riband then the only ornament or cover which young unmarried women wore on their head and as she adjusted the scarlet tartan screen or muffler made of plaid which the scottish women wore much in the fashion of the black silk veils still a part of female dress in the netherlands a sense of impropriety as well as of danger pressed upon her as she lifted the latch of her paternal mansion to leave it on so wild an expedition and at so late an hour unprotected and without the knowledge of her natural guardian when she found herself abroad and in the open fields additional subjects of apprehension crowded upon her the dim cliffs and scattered rocks interspersed with greensward through which she had to pass to the place of appointment as they glimmered before her in a clear autumn night recalled to her memory many a deed of violence which according to tradition had been done and suffered among them in earlier days they had been the haunt of robbers and assassins the memory of whose crimes is preserved in the various edicts which the council of the city and even the parliament of scotland had passed for dispersing their bands and ensuring safety to the lieges so near the precincts of the city the names of these criminals and of their atrocities were still remembered in traditions of the scattered cottages and the neighbouring suburb in latter times as we have already noticed the sequestered and broken character of the ground rendered it a fit theatre for duels and rencontres among the fiery youth of the period two or three of these incidents all sanguinary and one of them fatal in its termination had happened since deans came to live at st leonard's his daughter's recollections therefore were of blood and horror as she pursued the small scarce tracked solitary path every step of which conveyed her to a greater distance from help and deeper into the ominous seclusion of these unhallowed precincts as the moon began to peer forth on the scene with a doubtful flitting and solemn light jeanie's apprehensions took another turn too peculiar to her rank and country to remain unnoticed but to trace its origin will require another chapter End of chapter 13th